Welcome to the Warrior Parenting Podcast, where we empower your student to grow academically strong, social and emotionally mature, spiritually deep, and be prepared for life. Uh, I'm Caleb, one of the teachers at Longmont Christian, and we wanted to start this podcast so that you parents could hear um, more about those areas. On each episode, we'll be unpacking one of those three things, as well as you'll be getting an interview from several of our staff, so you can get to hear more about their heart behind what they love to do at Longmont Christian School. So let's jump into today's conversation. I'm sitting here with the executive director, Steve Lane. Steve, do you want to say hello? Hello, Steve Lane. How long have you been executive director? This is my second full year. Okay. What, how long have you been involved with the school before that? Uh, this will be my fourth year okay. at this school. Okay. Um, when... So how much time have you spent in the Christian education space? Well, I, as I was going through college and seminary as a young guy, uh, I was youth pastor for seven years. And right after I graduated with my second master's, I became a professor. And I think that was my formal introduction to Christian education. At that time, it was on the other end of things kind of training teachers, pastors, missionaries, other Christian leaders. So I did that for 15 years. And then after that, I became the president of a school. And all of this was outside of Washington, D.C. And I did that for 10 years okay. before coming here. So if you could like put a number of years. 25. 25, man. That's a long time. <laughs> Plus. <A> lot. <laughs> what, what's the biggest thing you feel like you've learned about Christian, or I guess maybe not Christian education, but about students and how they intersect with Christian education? Over my years of observing kids, not just kids, my own children uh, followed their dad through Christian school. And I would say there are a lot of advantages, and there have been a lot of advantages for students going to Christian schools. Um, however, I don't know that we've always done as well as we could. Um, I think the things that were done well is having an environment where you had Christian teachers and Christian staff around to be able to pour into our kids, um, Christian curriculum, integration of faith and learning, chapels, all of those things happened, and I think that's the advantage of it over the years. I don't know, though, Caleb, if we've done as good of a job as we can do as it relates to spiritual development, which I know we're going to introduce later on in this podcast. But I've seen some Christian kids graduate from Christian schools and almost resent their faith, mm -hmm. um, perhaps because they thought that it was just keeping a bunch of rules not to get in trouble with school. And so that personal connection or that authentic personal connection hasn't been deepened the way that I think it should be in the way we can. Yeah, absolutely. I know. So I'm an alumni of Longmont Christian. So I think I graduated in like 2013. And it is interesting after, you know, you kind of grow up with the same people, you see everyone like make their life choices and when, where it goes. And it is, yeah, I think that that is a thing that Christian school has missed a lot is the spiritual development and how you really get it to stick. Right. So they yeah. take it with them as they move on. Yeah. And I think that Christian education for a lot of years has applied a similar template. And so it's basically we use the same curricula. Uh, we have the same 
order of classes that include Bible and chapels. And we think that just by doing those things, automatically we're going to see spiritual development take place in kids. But I think we have to be a lot more deliberate in spiritual formation than that. Yeah. So speaking of that, do you want to talk a little bit about um, our mission statement? So yeah. the, the mission statement, I guess, at the beginning of the episode where I said, uh, we empower your student to grow academically strong, social, emotionally mature, spiritually deep and be prepared for life. Um, that's not just like what we're hoping to accomplish in this podcast, but that's like our mission statement as a school. Yeah. Um, so yeah, do you want to talk a little about that? Yeah, those are four areas of growth that we want to see from our students here on campus. And again, we want to be deliberate. We want to make sure we have a plan to accomplish growth in those areas. So obviously we're a school. We want to see academic strength. We want to make sure that cognitively our kids are developing and they're learning how to think critically, uh, to interact with material. Obviously also learning those basics, but learning the basics and building upon them. And so we want to make sure that we're setting clear academic goals uh, and that we're accomplishing them and we're assessing it. And so we've started a portfolio uh, here at Longmont Christian School. Every kid gets one and it follows them through their time here as a student. And so there are things that we will have in there, including academic goals, and then we'll have evidence that our kids are achieving those goals. And that's for all of those four areas of growth. So academic, uh, strength. Uh, we also socially and emotionally want to make sure that uh, our kids are developing well, that they know who they are, their identity in Christ, and how that should help them view not only themselves, but those around them, uh, those that agree with them, those that don't. Uh, and then also having emotional maturity to deal with some of the difficulties and challenges in life that they start encountering, of course, the moment they start school. Yeah. And so we've got a counselor on campus. We're doing our curriculum frenzy. And that's how we're focusing on making sure we've got clear goals socially and emotionally that are grade appropriate uh, and that we track it. And then one we didn't mention in the vision statement, but it is in our uh, mission statement, that is, we also are physical beings. And of course, Caleb, you're our physical education teacher, yep. and we've been talking about how do we have a campus that is health conscious, that is exercise oriented, that we can get our kids moving. And not just our kids, we're looking to do some things this year for our faculty, staff, uh, perhaps our parents and community members as well. And then what, again, we're going to kind of focus in on is that spiritual development. We want to make sure they're maturing spiritually. What does that mean? It means, first of all, introducing them often to the good news of Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross for all of us, and that by placing our trust in what he's done, we can have new life. And that new life begins the moment we trust in him, and yet it's a process, right? that will go throughout eternity as he continues to pour into us. But over the course of this life, we are involved in our spiritual maturity. And what we get to do at a Christian school is surround our kids with godly men and women, teachers, staff, that are looking for opportunities constantly, not only to introduce them to the good news of Christ and see that new life begin. But once that new life begins, then we get to be involved in nurturing it mm -hmm. and helping see it flourish. 
the reason I kind of turned my attention back solely to education is I just felt like God was saying that we need to pour into this next generation so that they can influence society and culture. Yeah, that's great. And that's, I mean, I think that's what all of our staff is really, ex- you know, excited and cares about, right? That's a big part of being at a Christian school is you want to have, help create kids to grow up to be well disciples of Jesus that can go out and bring his light to the world. And so, yeah, that's yeah, yeah what we're doing here. And I think that, you know, we're at a pivotal time in, in, in at least our histories, right? I mean, we see all of the, the difficulties and challenges that, are, that surround us. And yet I don't want our students to simply be protected from all of those things. I want them to have a deep relationship and a confident relationship with Jesus that enables them to be world changers. We are the light of the world. I remember one professor uh, did a missions conference at our school long ago, and he had a big banner up at the front, and he said, if we're the light of the world, why is the world so dark? Mm. And that, that, you know, we as believers, we can complain about darkness and we can complain about the state of society, but we are light and we're intended to be world changers and culture changers. And we do that by imitating the savior that we come to know and we come to love. And that's what I want for our kids. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, you came to me and wanted me to help you kind of create a spiritual development plan. Um, you probably, if you know, that's new to you parents, hopefully you heard about that at your um, parent teacher conference, but we're looking at creating, we've created a plan, um, that's tailored each kid to help them grow spiritually. Do you want to talk a little bit? Um, you might've said it all already, but more about why you wanted to do that and kind of what your hope and vision is for that with on campus. Well, I did come to you, Caleb, and I said, Hey, can you, can you set some benchmarks so that we can assess our kids' spiritual growth? And even as I say that, and we'll probably repeat this over and over and over again, we didn't come up with these benchmarks in order to be the new pharisaical law so that if our kids just check off these 10 things, then, yeah, they get an A-plus spiritually. But it's, we do have to say, what are the things that are important to spiritual growth, the things that are a byproduct of the Holy Spirit of God living in us. And so I asked Caleb if he would come up with this list as chaplain of our school, the things that he thought were important to spiritual growth, and then also to tie those things so that they're great appropriate. And I got to say, Caleb, it was an amazing job. Uh, As the board has looked at it, as staff has looked at it, Caleb got a chance uh, at our parent teacher, I'm sorry, our uh, professional teacher development, professional yeah. development to present that to our staff and now our staff knows what to look for and of course our parents will have heard about this at our parent teacher conference and we really want to make sure that again we see this not as a checklist of here's the things you must do to be spiritual but rather here are the things that should be a natural outgrowth right the bible says that if you're connected to the vine uh, you'll produce much fruit. And so mm-hmm. we're just looking to to cultivate, uh, to acknowledge, and to encourage the fruit, the spiritual fruit in our, in our kids' life. And so, Caleb, great job. Uh, and parents, you'll hear more about what these benchmarks are as, 
as we continue this podcast, but I, I think they're, they're wonderful things that will help, again, nurture our kids spiritually. Yeah. So one of the main, for me, I think the main reason that I felt like doing a podcast like this was necessary as we kind of roll out the spiritual stuff was one, it's great for you guys get to hear from um, the staff here. So whether that's the teachers or the admin team or whomever, so it'll be um, kind of a mix of, of people coming through. But the other thing is, um, I really did want you to be able to hear us talk about the spiritual growth plan so that you, you didn't look at it like, oh, this is just legalism, you know, written all over about how you want like our kids to behave. But this really is just, we want to help equip you um, with the best strategy that we can for you to help develop your kids spiritually. Because at the end of the day, you're the primary, uh, I guess, disciple, you're the primary person discipling your children. Um, and you've picked Christian school to be a part of that. And so we want to do the best that we can to help serve you as a parent to help spiritually develop your kids. So um, not a great book, not a rule book. You don't get a great, you know, not A minus or anything like that, but um, just a plan, you know, for you to help. And a plan that we want to connect, as you said, Caleb, with parents uh, around. We want to introduce them to things that we're uh, trying to nurture here on campus. And we hope that parents will see some of the things that we're teaching our kids here on campus start to show up in their lives at home and on the playground and during summer break and all of those things. That's how we know that we're, you know, that the spirit of God is truly doing his good work in each of these kids. And I, I want to emphasize that it's not our work. It's that we are just trying to create a context where the Spirit of God can do His work effectively to make sure our kids are open and receptive and guided in the process, discipled. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so over the course of your 25 years of experience in the Christian education world, have you ever seen anything like this, the spiritual growth plan that we have? No. Um, maybe to my shame since I led another school, but... For whatever reason, we, we just applied the template. And if it was working, then we assumed, okay, we must be doing okay. And by working, we mean the enrollment was good and our students were going to good colleges. Um, but we weren't really tracking all the time. Well, what was their life like spiritually? And yet, over decades, when you start interacting with some of these former graduates, right, or former students, uh, you, you start to realize that maybe it's 50-50. Yeah. Uh, and again, that's just my experience and what I've witnessed over having countless kids go through over the years. And so we did it, but we weren't deliberate. So no, Caleb, I haven't seen anything done specifically like this. Um, and I don't think that there are many schools in my experience um, that are doing it either. Yeah. So I think this is unique and it's good and it's about time. Um, at least it gives us a plan for spiritual development. And then it also gives us a means to try to not just assess, but to promote it, to encourage it, uh, to let the kids know when we see something uh, that they're doing that, that reveals Christian character. And, and then just, you know, again, celebrate them for it, encourage them in it, and, and then also encourage the parents in that process as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so like you said, you don't know that there's many other people doing, you know, kind of having a spiritual growth. Do you want to, can you share the story that you shared with me about at the ACSI thing? Is that okay? Sure. Okay. Uh, well, I, what, first of all, ACSI, which is the accreditation agency that it not only accredits uh, Longmont Christian school, but 
most of the Christian schools throughout our nation and even internationally. And they're a very good organization. They'll be coming through in the fall of 2024 for our uh, reaccreditation visit. So I was at a regional meeting for all of the heads of school uh, in the Western Division of ACSI, and it included just about every school you can name. And ACSI has heard over the years that there's been a challenge in schools to assess spiritual growth. So of course, they're coming up with a tool that we may use as something that's a part of our plan, but a means of assessment for spiritual growth. And so they asked all of us educators, and they were mostly heads of school that were sitting around tables to take a few moments and just kind of discuss what we were doing currently to assess spiritual growth. And throughout that room, I can tell you that what I heard in response was, we have Bible classes, uh, we integrate faith and learning, we do chapels, but no one really had anything that they could offer to say, oh yeah, we have these as our spiritual benchmarks. This is how we assess it. It goes in our portfolio. We interact with our parents around it. So in that moment, in a room full of my colleagues, I was proud of, uh, of Longmont Christian School, and I was proud of the work that you did, Caleb, as chaplain, to put that, that tool together for us. Yeah, so out of like the area of all the Christian schools, it looks like we, we, you know, we don't know all of what we're doing, but we have a plan where some others might not. So, um, I, you know, I don't want to, but that, that's, I think a big deal when it comes to looking at, okay, what is the, where's the best Christian education I can get? Because, you know, like we've talked about over and over again, it's not just Bible knowledge, although that is like the first benchmark, but we do want this spiritual real relationship that your kids are going to get with Jesus through their experience of coming to school here. And that's what I like about your benchmark list, Caleb, and your descriptions and indicators under it, is it's a great balance of cognitive. We, we do need to know certain things. What we know is important as a man or a woman thinks, so they are. Uh, so the, our mindset affects the way we feel about things and ultimately the way we behave. So uh, understanding things about God, about his truth is vital and, and we get to do that. But that, that stops short if we never move it from the head down to the heart. If we don't get these kids to understand that it's not just a verse that you're memorizing, but that this verse speaks life and guidance and nourishment and health into your life. And so we, you, even your description, when you talked about memorizing scripture, you emphasize the fact that they need to take that from their head and really get it into their hearts. And ultimately, of course, we want it to get into their hands and feet. feet. So we want to, again, help them to grow in their intellectual understanding of God and his truth. We want, him, we want our kids to emotionally be moved by him. And by his truth, we want them to feel it because God made us that way. And yet, if we really do believe something and we truly do feel it and we're passionate about it, it should change the way we behave. And that's the ultimate indicator that spiritual growth is happening. And so I like that in your list, you not only have the cognitive things, the emotional things, but also the volitional things. We wanna see them being kind to one another. We wanna see them serving in their communities and serving those around them. So I think you've got a real good balanced uh, set of benchmarks that enable us to focus on the cognitive, the emotional, and the volitional. Yeah, 
Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Do you want to walk through the list now? And you can kind of give some of your thoughts about it for the next 10 minutes. Does that work? Yeah. Okay. I have it right here. So I can just read you the, uh, what the benchmarks are. Um, so the first one, uh, like I mentioned, is biblical knowledge, where it says um, to assess their understanding of key Bible stories, characters, and teachings uh, age appropriate for, or appropriate for their age group. I don't know if we need to talk more about that, because I feel like we've covered a lot of the Yeah, Bible I would stories. just say that it's, it's meeting them where they're at. We want to introduce them to the basic truths and build on them. Yep. Uh, so then prayer habits. Do you want to talk about that at all? Well, we want our, our children to know, our students to know that we're in a relationship with God. And when you're in a relationship with someone, talking is normal. Yeah. It, it's, what you, it's what you do. And so it's not like prayer is this big formulaic, scary thing. It should be a habit that's developed, and and I, and that's why I love watching our younger kids pray because it's that. Yeah, they're just saying what's on their heart. They're saying what's on their mind, and we just want to take that instinct, if you will, and, and we want to nurture it. We want them to know how to have a good communication life uh, with their Savior and with their Father and Spirit. Yeah, uh, the third one is uh, worship participation, and I would say if you. Um, are able to, or you could come like even one time, come to one of our elementary chapels specifically. Um, hearing the kids sing worship songs is one of my favorite parts of my week because they are just, it's just a beautiful thing to hear. So if you ever can make it for that, I, I would recommend it. But um, in that one, it talks a little bit about like, you know, how engaged they are, they are. But we also wanted to include a piece about like worshiping in other ways of life. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, and I thank you, Caleb, for creating an atmosphere in those chapels where these kids can can sing about God and dance and move and and again just express their love for Him. That's worship is our response to who God is and what He does. Our response, and so worship is a very broad thing. And if you look in Scripture, you see it's broad. There are tons of worship words. Uh, that talk about all kinds of different activities from singing, uh, from raising our hands, from falling on our faces. Uh, there's a Hebrew word, I think it's gilah, which means to twirl. Uh, and then, of course, again, how, in what other ways do we respond as human beings? How can we respond to God and see it as, as an act or a service of worship? Uh, one of my favorite things to do is to get out into nature and to just behold God's splendor through it and to see how amazingly creative he is and to sense that intimacy mm-hmm. that's there. That, that's just me seeing the revelation of God through nature, not seeing God, but seeing him revealed through nature and then worshiping him because of how great he is. There's tons of expressions. Uh, of course, we know that the Bible tells us this, it says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you might prove out what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But when he talks about uh, to, to, to give our bodies as a living sacrifice, he says it's this, it's your reasonable act of worship. And so the way we surrender ourselves on a daily basis is the ultimate form of worship. So we want to see our kids understand different ways that they can see God revealed 
And then we want to help them understand the appropriate means of response, uh, which ultimately means surrendering their lives to service of him. Yeah. Well, we'll stop there as far as unpacking the different um, benchmarks. We'll go through all 10 of them, though, before um, we're, you know, on the podcast over the time. Um, but then so the, how I guess um, how the rest of it will work is the teachers. Uh, so the special teachers, the administrative team, uh, myself, we all have kind of access to a Google Drive that ha- is, has all the kids on there that will keep track or we'll we'll not keep track but we'll point out when we see these good things so we can affirm them um and then so everyone who works with with your kids will have the opportunity to like put in feedback about how they see them growing spiritually and then i'll meet with each of the students um once a semester where we kind of have a conversation just about god and where they're at and you know we'll talk through some of these things more to kind of get that eyeball to eyeball discipleship that um I'm sure that you're hoping that your kids will get why they're here at a Christian school. So, um, and then that'll be kind of tracked in their portfolio. So you'll have it for years after this. So, um, before we go, Steve, do you, would you pray for our parents as they, um, kind of really step into their role as being the primary discipler of their children? Father, thank you that we get to communicate through this means. Thank you for Caleb and all of his work, uh, not only in, and helping us as chaplain guide us spiritually here on campus, but uh, also setting up this means of communication for our parents. And we pray that it would be of great benefit uh, for them. God, we pray that as we as a school look for growth in these four areas that we've discussed today, that you would give us favor in it. As we partner with our parents, Lord, might we see a group of kids that are just growing And that's what we want to see, growth. Uh, Father, we ask that you would give grace to each parent listening to this and each parent represented through this, that you would help us to work together in a way that we would see this growth happen uh, at a greater pace. God, you have made a promise to us. You said, when we come to know you, you made this promise that that you who began a good work in us will be faithful to see that work until it's finished, completed. And yet we know that the pace of our growth is depending upon discipleship. And so might we as a school and teachers and staff be good disciplers of our students. And yet would you give grace and mercy and strength and favor to these parents who are primary disciplers Uh, of these young people. And as we work together, God, might we see that inward transformation that starts to be revealed on the outside. Uh, And might we give you glory for the work that you are doing here as we are obedient to you by your spirit. And we pray these things and commit these things into your hands in the name of Christ our Savior. Amen. Amen.